What the Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wall. Uh, it is February 15th today. How was everybody's Valentine's Day? I hope it was pleasant. Yeah, right? <laughs> halfway. We're already halfway because yesterday was halfway. 14. 28 days later. Because it's, it's only halfway because it's not an extra. Wait, what is, do we have an extra? Was last year's leap year? No, last year. Yeah, four, it was the even year. You yeah, know, every yeah. four years. So, so 2024. We get, so we're looking at uh, 24 next year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just, just 28 days this month. 28 days. But we still got two more Burt Reynolds movies for you, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope everybody dug the end. Hope you enjoyed the end. <laughs> I, I'm still not comfortable talking about it yet until everybody, until we start getting some feedback from people about it. I haven't heard anybody talk about it yet. I even sent it to my dad, who I, like I said in the episode, probably we could never watch it again. I sent him the episode and I still haven't heard back from him yet. So I don't know if you listened to it, but my mom, my mom's so funny. And she goes, I listened to it a little bit. You sound, you sound good. I'm like, oh, is that the first time you listened to it? She's like, and then there's a real long pause gap in time anyway of between the, the, the replies and text. And she said, yes. I'm like, well, okay, well, I mean, the show's not really me for you anyway. And it's okay. Like, yeah, my feelings aren't hurt. My go. mom would have no fucking idea what we were talking about <laughs> or, or my, my mom wouldn't even recognize my voice. She, she'd talk, she would start talking over it. What if she was, you know, she, she would start talking to it or over it or something. Yeah, man. So uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the end. Yeah. It was an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that, uh, I was thinking I might have to revisit Heaven Can Wait now, but, uh, you know, I'll do it because uh, it's on Prime or one of those, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, because I kept seeing it before we saw the end. But after seeing the end and talking about the end, I was like, oh, yeah, but I just hadn't had time to throw it on yet. Right. But we'll see Well, how that goes. I watched the end a second time after we recorded. Actually, after we edited the full episode, I watched it again. I guess since we're not talking about it, I can't expand. <laughs> right. Let's just say our episode and not just the recording of it, but the, the cutting of it and then listening to it again in its entirety, uh, I realized that where we were going is, seems far more plausible. Yeah. And the movie makes a lot more sense. Totally. And uh, I almost feel like somebody saw a little bit of Heaven Can Wait in the, a screening room and tried to adjust on the fly. That's kind of what I feel. Yeah, I feel like a, a defter hand behind the camera could have mm -hmm. maybe pulled it off. Right. But it but it feels like it feels like something happened. Like they did something in like un not not in a shooting script way, decided, hey, we're gonna do this. Yeah. Because it's very much a Burt Reynolds movie right up until that point. Sure. Wow. Anyway. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The thing is not, it doesn't make it a bad movie and it, and it just, it's no. not like you said in the episode, it's not better remembered or remembered better. It's just a different movie than you remember period. And I agree with that. So I think it's a perfect statement. Correct. It has a new, it has a new life being, if you will. Yes. We'll see what drops this Thursday <laughs> yeah. out of the magic bag of burn. Mm -hmm. 
So we have three movies now, all chosen by Patreon listeners. We have one opening spot, like we mentioned last week, one opening spot. And I thought we were waiting for somebody to step up and pick the fourth one. And we have solidified number three because of what finally got announced this last week. That's correct. We finally found out that our friends over at Shout Factory have finalized the extras for Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, I mean, I'd look, dude, I, this, this, I, I'm still like fucking like salivating and slobbering all over myself over these bonus features. While we're not getting a new cut of the film, which is kind of a bummer, but the stuff we are getting kind of outweighs that. I mean, man, it's like there's a, it's a new 4K scan. I mean, all these little features, man, reflecting on hell, an interview with Paul Anderson, Ghost Galleon, an interview with the writer, Philip Eisner, Organized Chaos, an interview with Kathleen Quinlan. I mean, and it just goes on and on. Interview with Jack Noseworthy, interview with Peter Marinker, uh, interview with production designer Joseph Bennett. Set decorator Crispian Salas. Uh, I mean, God, man, it just like it goes on and on. And the audio commentary with Anderson and producer Jeremy Bolt making a five part documentary on the making of Event Horizon. And then a four point, the point of no return, a four part look at the filming of Event Horizon uh, with narration by Paul Anderson. I mean, man, it, it just goes on and on. And, it, and I'm super excited just to hear. Because this is a movie that I, I do like it, but I can I know what the shortcomings are. But I'm telling this is a movie that like I know was gutted right. <laughs> and I just want to find out what happened. And I'm betting somewhere in one of these 12, <laughs> 12 uh, little pieces that they, you know, of added uh wonderful features they put on here. We're going to find out, we're going to get some sort of semblance of what really happened. There's yeah. Out of all of those, I have to say there's three that really stand out to me. Philip Eisner and, and Paul W. Anderson, they're those two obviously are going to be the bigger ones yes. that everybody goes to, to see what's, what's missing and the challenges that they had of making the movie. But to me, I'm really excited about Robin Vigeons. Yes. Uh, interview because that second unit stuff has got to be a lot of the stuff that got cut. Just my guess. Yeah, man. And I think it's going to be supporting the whole extended cut. Uh, by the way, it's really funny. If you look at the shout site, this is one of the many pre-orders that were, they have a specialty uh, poster to go with it, right? This Right, it's not, poster. It's, it's, not, it's not uncommon. But the very day they made all the announcements, <laughs> that what was going right, to be coming sold out, out, it sold out. <laughs> Crazy. Everybody Dude. was anxiously waiting. They didn't nobody wanted to pre-order until they knew. Right. When you see the extras on that that they have listed, like you you kind of went down the list, and then you see the stuff that's not new to this release. You right away you're thinking, is this a three disc? <laughs> right. I mean, so good much. lord, man. There's so much shit on it. It's out. I mean, it's literally like I said. We're not going to get, we're not getting some reassembled cut like no. they did with uh, Exorcist 3 right. and a couple other things. But what we are getting, man, is a fucking ton of interviews yep. and stories. And I, I feel like that's almost better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, cause sometimes it's like, uh, it's like where they, uh, you know, it's when like when they took Fincher's Alien 3 and they, they 
put his stuff back into it, but they put it in and, and it doesn't necessarily fit. They just kind of, you know, it's like, hey, let's just make this puzzle. Let's just get a fucking hammer and put it in. It'll be fine. <laughs> just tap that shit in. Right. Uh, you know, obviously they couldn't find the footage or uh, is what I was, what I'm guessing is they couldn't find enough of the right footage to put it in there to actually make the movie still make sense, I think. Right. So they didn't try, which is great. But I feel like somewhere in this new group of uh, features that we're getting, we're, we're going to be able to piece our own story together or piece their story together. Well, yeah. And what's really cool too about this whole thing is like when they made the announcement of all the new, new features that are going to be part of the release, they explain that right in, and actually right in the whole, um, the blog entry, it says after a couple of delays, we are on the hunt for this stuff. We thought we were going to find it. Obviously it stems from all these interviews. You know, the, when you see all the people that are interviewed, you think, well, they literally exhausted every avenue possible to to recover the missing elements. And of course, they know what the missing elements are because of who they interviewed. And I thought it was really cool that they took the time and actually acknowledged the delays were because they were trying to chase this stuff down. And we talked about that when the delayed what was announced last one that said, hey, it's going to come out in March now. We were both kind of like, okay, well, hopefully we'll get that thing. And I'm glad they I'm glad they acknowledged that that's why they delayed it. We were after this stuff and we couldn't find it. Right. I feel like they did their best to give us what they what what we what we what I don't know. I don't want to say they promised, but they did their best to give us what we were hoping we were going to get. Right. And I feel like through all of this stuff, it's definitely going to give us some answers and some like. All right. So yeah, man, super excited about that and can't wait to talk about it. I feel like, are we going to talk about the movie or are we going to just talk about the disc or are we going to do both? I, I, that's why, I, that's why when I didn't hesitate because our, our listener, Andrew Pink, he had chosen Event Horizon and it was the first thing on our, on his list that we went, yeah, that's the one we want to do. And we had another one on backup and we both agreed right away, which one of his four that we were like, well, if Event Horizon proves it, it doesn't come out in time, this is what we're going to do. And ironically, I mean, how long was it a week and a half later than the announcement came out that, hey, you know what, right. here's the official release. It's definitely come out in March and here's all the stuff. We're like, whoa. All right, well, we're going to do that. And I didn't hesitate because I thought, man, that is chock full of, that's a, that's a, we could talk, spend a whole episode just talking about the disc itself, not even talk about the movie. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying. It's chock full of nuts, as they say. We're talking a little bit more about about production and sometimes the disc and things like that. We're and 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 behind the scenes stuff more these days. I felt, man, yeah, this might be more about the the making of the and the release of the disc than the movie itself, which is good because there's a lot to talk about. I watched the movie again probably about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Me too. In anticipation of this, because I'm like, I need to refresh myself on this if it's going to be coming out in a couple of months. Thinking like, I need to remind myself what's different about the movie and what's not. Unfortunately, like I said, we're not going to get, you know, same version we saw <laughs> recently is the same version we're going to get as far as the movie goes. But I'm looking forward to it. And it's a, you know, it's a refresh scan. We're getting a nice clean 4K scan from the nag, which is great. But I felt like, you know what? I'm going to say that this is definitely number three on the, uh, on April's listener choices month. And oh yeah, gosh. Yeah. I really feel like we're going to talk about the, about the extras as much as anything. Even if you just watch the extras that, that are new, forget about wasn't the original making of event horizon doc. It's like, it's a multi-part series, but I think it ended up being close to 75, 80 minutes, something like that. It's almost feature length. Yeah. 
It is. It's it's on the uh, it's on the, the the DVD I have um, the special edition DVD. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's the same one that's going to be on this, and that's fine. When when you see the words collector's edition branded across anything from Shout, it literally is everything. Yes, this release is proof of how much effort they put into retrieving all this material to call it a collector's edition. You see something called collector's edition, it better be everything you can possibly have related to the movie in there. Not special edition. Right. Collector's edition. And they're pretty consistent with that. So for, geez, dude, I'm serious. I'm super excited about this movie. I feel like watching it again. I like when we got the announcement last week, I'm like, I want to watch this again. I want to watch it again. But yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm going to yeah, wait same. until they get the disc because, uh, yes, because I know I'm going to watch that first as, as soon as I get it anyway. So I'm just going to save it up. I mean, I watched it back in December. I'm hoping that all the extras, I mean, minus the audio commentary, right? I'm hoping all the extras or most of the extras are on the second disc because what I'm going to do is I'm going to load the movie on one on one of my players and then load the extras on the other player. So if I ever get a, like, if I ever have any hinkling right in the middle of it, I can pause the one, switch inputs and go over to watch the other one and look for something related to that. Because if you only have one player, you're doing your own back and forth and taking a disc out and it kind of loses the momentum of what you're looking for. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like there's nothing. They did off no stone unturned, which is, you know, part of the reason why, you know, it's, it, it was like I, the last release I was this excited for, like I knew that they were going to kill and do absolutely right was in the mouth of madness, the carpenter, uh, you know, the, the sort of lost carpenter movie with right. Sam Neill. How weird is that? That he's in, but, but man, that Blu-ray that I do not regret fucking spending any fucking, I would have paid double for it, but with what was on that thing. Yeah. So there we are, man. Event Horizon, finally. Right. Coming out. What else is going on? What else is coming out, man? Hey, guess what's coming on Tuesday? What? Good Burger. Good Burger. I yes. love Good Burger. Tom and I like talking about Good Burger. Like, we both love Good Burger. We need a special edition of Good Burger. Is it as good as Hamburger, the movie? No. Okay. Stick <laughs> Buckus in it? <laughs> when Good Burger was announced, it was going to be uh, coming out on, they were making a movie of it. And Kellen Keenan were real big on, on Nickelodeon at the time on their sketch show. Not surprised, of course, that Keenan Thompson now is on SNL and just spun off to his own uh, sitcom on NBC recently. Th these two, like, work so well together, and people are kind of clamoring for a uh, them to get back together and do something. So I think it kind of uh, got people excited to watch Good Burger again against the fans. All the, uh, all, all the people are in their 30s now that were kids back then when it came out. That's a kind of a fun one. I'm only mentioning it because it's coming out. It's not really, it's not really my pick. I just thought it was kind of cool that it was coming out for uh, for those that care about it. It's a sweet movie. Though. It's, it's funny. It's super funny. But it's it's what you expect. It's a Nickelodeon movie. Tuesday, this is another one of those weird titles that I don't want to give too much credence to because of the subject of the piece. But The Kid Stays in the Picture is coming out from Kino on Tuesday. And if you've never seen it before, it's um, it's a documentary, more or less, about about Robert Evans and um, he narrates it himself. It's really, <laughs> it's really a uh, self-serving. Yes, um, yeah, I think that's fair. And if you know anything about Robert Evans, it's no self-serving. <laughs> but dude, it's, if you want a, a, a who's who of actors and actresses and directors in the 1970s, this is it. You get to see them talking about this guy. And it's not, what's funny is I'm really surprised at how many negative things are said about him and he kept them in the movie. 
Well, I think he kind of got off on it though. I think he kind of, you know, I think that, you know, there are some people that like to be that guy and he obviously liked to be that guy. So I think it's, it's really cool. I mean, they didn't fuck around with it. And, and, and I, and I know we say this a lot. You can't be anything but elated for companies like Kino and Arrow and Vinegar Syndrome and Shout, all these little boutique places some bigger than others that continue to curate. And I hate using that word, but it's just, it's just no other way to put it. This is art. And they keep just giving the same effort every fucking time, no matter how big or how small a movie is. And they always just put the effort in. Oh yeah. As movie fans where, where physical media was looking like it was on its way out. Holy shit, dude. I know a lot of people stayed home in those last year and stream stuff. But look how much new content has been put out on physical media in the last five, six months. Yeah, man. I think it's 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 made a resurgence for some reason, and I don't know why. Obviously, it's big enough to where a year ago we started seeing these Paramount Presents releases coming out. And I just really feel like I understand why you're trying not to collect clutter, if you will. But how can you look at this clutter when you can look up and and you can grab your grab the disc and look at the art and that's another thing too is is when really as a fan seeing original artwork original one sheets as part of the sleeve that you get of your Blu-ray you can flip it over and have brand new art by a, you know a recent artist it's just I'm so happy that we have this many people out there that love movies as much as we do even more so that they make this much effort into putting out something because they know somebody out there is going to appreciate it like we do. That's fucking cool. I, I just like, I'm thankful for all these boutiques that continue to ensure that it's, it's, it's a total, um, you know, streaming's taking over physical media and it's a total hold my beer situation as a group. And, and I know these different companies are in the, they're, they're in the business of making money, but you know, there's more than one of these DVD Blu-ray producers that work for multiple companies that we're talking about. Cause the bottom line is, if one does well, the others do well. It's a great time to be a, a, a movie fan. Yeah, man, dude. And Kino is dropping bombs right now. Yeah. They're just like, you know, <laughs> their titles, you know, just when I think they can't put anything else out that's just for me, I'm fucking wrong. Yeah. One of the things that I've been doing, if you ever go to blu-ray.com is blue-ray.com. And that's where you can find out your new titles and things like that. What's cool is that you can actually click on a title um, and see what it, what it is, but then also go one step further and select the company that put it out and just click on their name and see all the other releases that they have. Yep. Did you know that Kino has from the beginning of their releases and everything they've already announced as that's coming out in the future, 1,770 titles. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And dude, I mean, like every time they have a sale, I have to fucking ignore it. <laughs> you have to? So bad. Fuck. It could take you apart, man. It yeah. I mean, they put out things like Bank Shot and The Brinks Job and Money for Nothing with John Cusack, <laughs> Debbie Mazar. It's just, you know, the movies that are like long forgotten about and then suddenly there they are. And you're like, damn it. It's like an old friend. Lots of those things that we used to see in the newspaper, newspaper ads, right? Or you, yeah, Sunday totally. morning, you bust out the LA Times calendar section. Right. Right. And then, and then what's so great is like I mentioned earlier, Sometimes you see that same art that you saw when you were nine years old on a cover of a Blu-ray and, and it's just, 
yeah, I know it's nostalgia and everything, but holy shit, does it bring you back? All of a sudden, you're 10 years old again. I'm like, fuck, that's so... And then to see that art 40 years later on Kino covers or Arrow, maybe not initially, but then you look, you open up the case and then the reverse of the cover, this, the sleeve is has that art on there. It's funny, man. I usually turn the art around to the original art. I, I, I seldom... I seldom leave the new art as the cover. Yeah. Um, it's on the slip case usually. So I'll, I'll, but I'll flip the actual on the disc. I usually flip to the original art. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I think it's just me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do it too. It depends. Sometimes the new art's not as, is, it's like, it's not, it kind of feels generic and photoshoppy to me. Yeah. No, I get that. You know, and sometimes it's just, uh, to me, like, I just want to see the original art because it just, it works. The new stuff works for some people, but not for me. But Last week, I picked up something from Kino when we talked about it fairly recently, too, and um, the movie itself. And it was Amazon Women on the Moon. So we talked about it because of Adler. Yeah. <laughs> because of Matt Adler. I watched it. This movie looks amazing. It looks so good. Oh, wow. A-plus video. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I threw it in there because one of the review sites was like raving the picture. And I'm like, I put it in. I'm like, no joke, man. That's funny. Because I would imagine, I have only ever seen it on VHS. I have a DVD, maybe. So, I'm, But I feel like it's the same transfer from the VHS. Because I, I don't, I never had a chance to see it in a theater. Because it didn't play in a theater where I grew up. It, I just remember it being straight to VHS kind of thing. I'm right. sure it was out somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm very, I didn't even know there was a Blu-ray for it. That's so funny. I should yeah. totally, is it, it's Kino, right? It is yeah. Kino, yeah. Totally into that. But the movie looks gorgeous. Um, again, I'm I have a 1080. It's 1080p, so it's being up converted to 4K on my on my TV, and it's amazing. I, I couldn't. I, it's one of those. Just again, it shows you how much effort these guys put into movies that may or may not deserve it. Because <laughs> if you're into the movie, then it's great. I mean, there's enough about this movie that I like that I can appreciate it. But man, it 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 looks great. That's all I got to say about it. No, I'm, I'm, that's that's a title I'd like to see. I mean, God, dude, Kino has such a great month the rest of February. Stuff coming out yeah. starting this Tuesday, tomorrow. I mean, they all don't fuck around. I mean, look at this. We're, we're talking about Kino, stuff that's coming out this week and the week after and the week after that. I mean, so much good stuff. Um, the Underneath is coming out. Yeah, dude. If, right. I feel like this is a movie that people don't know. Man, they really don't know. I. I think if you, you probably, if you're a fan of Steven Soderbergh, then you are, you're familiar with the movie. Maybe you haven't even seen it yet. I mean, this came along. Was this the first thing he did after? No, he did uh, Kafka. Uh, oh, and yeah. He did, uh, and he did um, yeah, yeah, yeah. King um, of the Hill. Yeah. This, but this is his first studio movie. Right. Like with, with a, you know, with a studio involved, Universal, Universal I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Was it still Sid Scheinberg at that time? Oh. <laughs> Could Ben. Maybe. At the underneath is something that we both really, really like. And you can even pre-order it now for 16 bucks. Let me just say this. It's a great movie. And it's I'm not usually a fan of Peter Gallagher's. Oh, see, I like I don't I I like him in certain things. Yeah, you like, know, I'm not I'm not into it just because he's in it. I saw this in ninety five, even though technically I don't think it was out until ninety six because the movie didn't hit the theaters with any kind of vigor. It was kind of like a soft opening it was almost like an art house release even though it was a studio movie with the way they put it out i used to do the ordering for the video store i worked at so i had a vhs copy screener of it like way early and so i had seen this 
I had seen While You Were Sleeping and Heat all in the same year. Now, seeing Peter Gallagher in two different roles like that, being kind of an arrogant dick like he was in While You Were Sleeping, what he is in this, and also seeing Bill Fickner in this in a heat also. And it was just, I got an introduction to, to Bill Fickner that in 1995 with Heat and, and The Underneath. And I'm just, I've been a massive fan of his ever since. But the movie as a whole was super fun. There's no other way of talking about it. You just got to see the movie. Yeah, man. It's, it's a nice piece of, uh, you know, sort of neo-noir. It's, you know, they shot on location in uh, Austin, I think. Yeah. So it's got a little of the, uh, what do you call it? The text-noir vibe to it. Yeah. Also, you get Joe Don Baker, mm-hmm. who's, a you know, no stranger to the genre. So it was kind of a nice, you know, when he showed up, I remember being like, holy shit. John on Baker's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Paul Dooley, who everybody knows as Molly Ringwald's dad from 16 Candles. Yes. And Allison <laughs> Elliott. I don't, whatever happened to her, man? I thought she was great in this. And then she just kind of, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, she's probably in a million things and I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I really liked her in this movie. But then I don't, but I just don't remember her after this in too much. You know, she was also in The Phenom. Oh, right. And that was just, that was five years ago. But still, I think that was the last thing she did. Yeah, she's wonderful in this too. And Elizabeth Shue. That's right. I forget about that. Yeah, Alison Elliott only did like 16 movies. She didn't do very much. I mean, there's some strange people show up in, not strange, but just some like, you know, you're like, what the fuck? And Shelley Duvall shows up in this movie. I mean. Yeah, of course, Richard Linklater, because they're buddies. <laughs> of course, and they're in Austin. <laughs> and they're in Austin. Why wouldn't he show up and be in it? Hey, I need, a, I need you to play a part for me, Richard. And there he is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it, the underneath is a fun movie, man. I mean, it's, it, it's a weird, it's weird that it hasn't been on Blu-ray before now, but here you go. Here's your shot at it. Yeah. And Elliot Davis, longtime accomplice, if you will, with, with Soderbergh out of sight was probably my favorite thing he had done with Soderbergh. He's a great DP. All this stuff he does is really good. This is a movie I feel like you could throw if you wanted to do a fucking Soderbergh thing. If you wanted to go, you could, you could do a triple feature with this the limey and then out of sight. And then that's your fucking Soderbergh crime noir three piece movies. All three of them. Out of sight. So fucking good. Dude, I'm all three of them. Yeah. You watch them in whatever order you want. Elliot Davis is somebody that you see him, you would see his work everywhere. You would see him working with Soderbergh on smaller movies, but then he would do something big, like fucking legally blonde too. larger than life. We talked about how much we like larger than life. Yeah. And then something that Freddie loves. I have a certain nostalgic affection for it too. And that's Vamp. Yes. Elliot shot Vamp. Vamp. Also. Speaking of special kick-ass boutique releases. Yeah, man. Absolutely. If you don't have that, you should pick that up from Arrow. Yeah. And you, you don't, and that's one of those ones that even if you're a casual fan or even if you've never seen it before, you become a fan just from that video release and going through all the material it just instantly you're like oh this is fucking fun yeah and and, you know and then again if you look at the cast of that dude i mean it's if if you're into 80s movies you get chris makepeace from meatballs woody the wabbit robert rustler getty watanabe and dd fiver sister of michelle fiver and then the cherry on top is fucking grace jones yes by the way speaking of chris makepeace did we ever get a my bodyguard release uh, there is one, I think. Is there? I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like Shout did one. Somebody did. No, son of a bitch. You ready for it? Kino. Oh, it is Kino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd seen it somewhere recently. Okay, this one I have to pick up because this is 
I, I think I made a joke about this. Yes. It was about your dad and his hatred of Matt Dillon yeah. and his light, his love of Adam Baldwin. Yeah. All based on my bodyguard. Yeah. Because my bodyguard was on HBO every fucking Dude, day. Yes. I don't even need to ever, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to own it because I've seen it probably more than any other Matt Dillon movie. That and a movie called Liar's Moon because they would play them both all the time I when I first got HBO. Moon. My gosh. You probably have seen it. It was, you had to just by accident. I, and one of the reasons why you want to visit my bodyguard, hopefully it shows up streaming somewhere because it's so fucking good, but super, super baby Joan Cusack and Ruth Gordon, dude. Yeah. I know we always talk about, people will talk about how great Betty White is. And of course, the recently passed- Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. Ruth Gordon, man, she was who, the way people look at, at, at Betty White and Cloris Leachman now affectionately is the same way we did looking at Ruth Gordon back then. Ma. She's so fucking <laughs> wonderful in this too. Orville, I need my glasses. <laughs> Goddamn apes. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is be just a mild, a passing cinema fan to be like. Yeah, totally. You can't take a, a, a penny and throw it into the pool of movies and not have it land on a Ruth Gordon appearance. Yeah, totally. Especially when we were kids, man. She yeah, she would show up in everything. Everything. And I mean, to me, she was always Philo Beto's mother. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but every time I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, dude, she was always she's always great, always fun, always. And she would jump around too. At that time, she would jump around between television and movies. Oh yeah. And a time when nobody would do that. Yeah, I feel like she was kind of, but you know, she was from that era that probably started in TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like kind of like uh, who who did we talk about not long ago? Oh, Bert, like Bert yeah. Reynolds. You know, not not unlike Bert, started in TV, into features, ended in TV. And when she would go back and forth between them. I mean, you would see her in the movie theater, you know, see my bodyguard, and then come home that night and see her in an episode of Emergency. You never, yeah, right? you never know with her. And that was always so cool. About it. She just worked because you know, she loved working. She liked it. Yeah, totally. Kino. Yeah, she was 88 when she passed in 1985. 88, dude. That's a good run, dude. And she was working right up till the end. Yeah, totally. Not the movie. No, thankfully for her. Hey, go look in your shelf, damn it. Why? Just just for Rosemary's Baby. Right. Or even Every Which Way But Loose. <laughs> and then Any Which Way You Can. She's also, right? Yes, she's in both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did Ruth Gordon win an Oscar for Rosemary's Baby? She won, dude. She won for Rosemary's Baby. Harold Maude is what I was, I was trying to say. Yeah, she wasn't nominated for that. Isn't that weird? That's so weird because, dude, everybody and their mother, when you say Ruth Gordon, they're yes. like, Harold Maude. No, that's crazy, right? That is wild. I had no idea she was in Adam's Rib. Now I want to go back and watch that because that movie's fucking old. Yeah, it's good too. Yeah. And I think we need to pick a month where we just, we do, we just cover movies that are- Two movies pre-1960? <laughs> that are older than our parents. Let's do, <laughs> that are older than our parents. That's fair. Sure. That they were born before our parents were born. We can go Philadelphia story, <sighs> thin, thin man, uh, all that shit. Anyway. <laughs> all right. I'm going to throw out a couple more keynote titles that are in the coming weeks. Two of them that you and I are probably maybe the only people who'll be excited by, but that, what does it matter? One, the first one would be uh, the all nighter starring Susanna Hoffs Yay. and a very young Joan Cusack uh, directed by Susanna's mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Second one is going to be, the 1985 opus Hard to Hold, starring Rick Springfield. Uh, and this was 
dropped uh, on the heels with the hope of it being Rick Springfield's Purple Rain. Yes. But it wasn't, but it still has a kick-ass soundtrack. It does. And if you've listened to any of my playlists that we've given out, you've heard you've heard Rick Springfield at least twice on them, at least. Yeah, totally. Say what you want about, about Rick Springfield. His music was, you know, he knew how to write catchy pop tunes back then. Two power pop tunes. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, Affair of the Heart, man. Yeah. It's like that whole hard to hold soundtrack is fucking great. Uh, you know, I forgot. You know, this is so weird, dude. You know who is the third roommate in the All Nighter? Oh, Dee Dee Pfeiffer from Vamp. Oh, see that? And we <laughs> we went we went. So now we mentioned Joan Cusack and and Dee Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer twice. In two different movies. Mm. Yeah. It, what else? You know what's cool about this uh, Blu-ray is uh, we're getting an auto commentary with Susanna and her mother, really? uh, which ought to be fun. Oh yeah. There's, there's that commentary on it. And then there's, you know, the, uh, then there's another commentary with, uh, Alexandra Heller, Nicholas and Josh Nelson. And then there's a music video for no TV, no phone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, Kino throwing it out there, putting some fun stuff out for people. Cause I'm going to say this is a title that probably a lot of people aren't familiar with unless they literally, we're 18 in 1988 when this movie came out or seven, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not a movie that, uh, I don't even remember it having kind of a revival in the nineties on VHS or anything. It just, it's just kind of a movie that I remember seeing this and modern girls was another movie, um, that I kind of lump in together. Cause I feel like they came out around the same time. The all nighter, dude, it was, it was all about Susanna Hoffs. I remember yeah. everybody I know who saw it was like, uh, they only saw it because Susanna Hoffs was in right. back in the day. Right. Because she was boys and men or young men our age were into her, to see her on the cover the way she was, she's never presented herself this way. Oh yeah, totally. But by the way, did you did you ever notice how how the the bangles around her wrist, her right wrist on the cover? Oh yeah, it's just kind of like going, oh, you guys are that cheeky about it. <laughs> Somebody goes, all oh, those are bracelets. I go, yeah, they're called bangles. Bangles, get it. But you never saw her dressed this way. I mean, you never saw her in almost more like colorful underwear than a two-piece bathing suit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't even know that she's, I don't even know if that shot is from the movie. I can't remember now. I'm going to have to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll revisit it and report back. But that cover is so 80s, dude. So great. I always felt like the cover, like there was nothing on the cover that's in the movie. Well, it's funny because like her character is like graduating from high school. And what's funny is I mean, when I see it, and I'm like, I came out in 87. That's the year I graduated from high school. So it's funny to see it like that. I kind of think she might have been uncomfortable with the whole thing. Cause it does, it doesn't seem like her style you know, or, or something that you would ever see her. Well, do. I bet that's something that she'll talk about on the commentary. I hope so. And we, I mean, who, who thought that, I mean, that probably wasn't a big stretch to ask her to do something like that, to do a commentary, especially if her mom's asking. <laughs> Well, she's doing it with her mom. Right. I'm sure Kino just went to both of them and said, hey, yeah, let's do this. This will be cool. Yeah, I'm pre-ordering that, by the way, because I have to have it. Yeah. Um, so look, man, I mean, you know, there's Kino dropping some you know, some lost 80s movies. You know? <laughs> it's the, a Kino the, kickstart. <laughs> the, the best thing you could do, I mean, even if you just do pick up Hard to Hold, you can just put it on and, you know, listen to it from another room because there's almost there's a, there's a yeah. song in almost every scene or every segue to a next to the, there's music through the whole movie yeah they tried really hard to do a purple rain kind of it's not even like a, a faded violet rain no not even it's not even watercolor rain it's rick springfield hard to hold <laughs> 
Yeah. But hey, man, you know, if you like Rick, you're not going to hate this movie. No. It's what you think. And then we'll, and we'll say, also say this. Rick's a better actor than Prince was. Oh, he is. He's yeah. way. <laughs> yes. If there's, if there's a saving grace, it's his performance is much less wooden than Prince. Yes. My last thing I wanted to show, uh, Kino. Kino is also releasing this Tuesday, this tomorrow, Kevin Costner and Elijah Wood starring in The War, which I think I've mentioned many times on this show. Finally, that thing's getting a Blu-ray. It's got the auto commentary with John Abnett, the director, which uh, could be interesting. So there you go. There's some stuff from Kino. That's all I got, really, man. It's just this. It's it just it could go on. I could keep going, but you know I'm not, because Kino is again going super deep this mm-hmm. spring with just some crazy titles. Yep, I'll take them all, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> sold. Just talking about man, if you ever win a lottery, how broke you would be. They'd have to bring one big truck just to deliver to you every time, every day. Oh, I would buy an island and fucking fill it full of dogs and never be heard from again. <laughs> I've already, that's that's kind of my claim. No cell phone. Well, I think that the go-to, but yeah, get on an island, right? And then just have somebody ship all your movies to you. On a boat once a month and they bring supplies. Part of the supplies is food and movies. Drop them in by helicopter. <laughs> so if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, I'm at Corey underscore Culp. Or if you want to support us on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. And if you want to join in on the Patreon fund, you can hit us up at patreon.com slash KITG podcast. And maybe your movie will be movie number four in April. Woo! Hey, I'd like to just say, uh, give a special shout out to all of our listeners abroad. We never do that, but no. hey, let's do it right now. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody internationally. <laughs> Buongiorno. There's, there's somebody in Spain that loves us right now. Apparently. Big in Spain. And whoever you are in Spain, thank you for listening. That was pretty awesome to see that. Spain. Spain. If you'd like to follow me at Letterboxd, you can follow me at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. Or during February, you can check me out at Sharky's Machine in honor of Burt Reynolds. Wee! 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 Wee!